0: Hello, welcome to 21st Century Moses podcast. My name is Sammy Ju, your host. What is the foundation of your faith? As we go through 1st and 2nd Corinthians, we are going to talk about church and faith. The previous week we talked about church. The church had a lots of division, but the Jesus Christ is the common dem- denominator for the believer. So, whether you follow power or wisdom, Jesus is power and wisdom. He is both of them, and he is the peace as in Ephesians chapter 2:14, but also as in 1 Corinthians 1:24, 1, Jesus is power and wisdom of God, both to Jews and Gentiles, so that there should be no division, but there should be one body of Christ to Jesus. Now today, we are going to look at chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians, especially verses 4 and 5, and we're going to talk about faith. My question again for you is this, what is the foundation of your faith? Do you really believe Jesus? Is your faith genuine? How do you know that your faith is genuine? John to 3 verse 16 the most famous verse in the whole entire bible is this for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life what is the keyword here believe that if you believe in Christ Jesus, whoever, doesn't matter what background you're from, but if you believe in Jesus Christ, you will not perish, but you will have everlasting life. John 1.12, For those who believe in him, those who accept him, God give them, God gives them the right to become the children of God. So to have eternal life, not to be perished. But to be the child of God, you must have faith. So faith in Christ Jesus is very, very significant for your salvation and for your life in Christ Jesus, for your sonship, for being the family of God. The question is this, just what is really your faith like? Because not many people have the same faith. Now, as you look into uh, YouTube or social media, you will see the plethora of religions, different ideas, different faiths, so many different religions. I live in the United States, and when I walk through the street, I can see the Buddhist temple, the mosque, and lots of churches. Even even among churches, there are different denominations and different expressions of their faith, and uh, it is very confusing sometimes. And sometimes, it's if I feel like I'm in in the buffet, that I have to choose what I like, what I need to choose. So in that. Setting, or if that setting is your, it's similar to your setting. How do you know that your faith is really genuine? So, as we look at First uh, First Corinthians chapter two, verses four and five, we will look at the foundation of faith, and you will see that what faith is not genuine and what faith is truly genuine. So, let's look at First Corinthians chapter two together. It says, And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of mankind, but on the power of God. Amen. He said, My message, which message? Paul's message, because Paul was writing this letter to the Church of Corinth. My message and my preaching were not in the persuasive words of wisdom, but in a demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of mankind, but on the power of God. Amen. So we can see that the power of God must be the foundation of the faith. But here are the two things I want to point out. Is your faith based on information or is your faith based on demonstration? Information of human wisdom or demonstration of God's power? Very, very important dis- uh, distinction. So I want us to look at the first one. Is your faith based on information of human wisdom? If that's the case, then you have a big issue. Now, what about the the good preaching that you have listened to. And then you listen to some of the uh, the greatest preacher of all time, so that's how you came to Jesus Christ many years ago, and that is great. We celebrate how you embrace the message of God that was preached through that preacher. How about, but what about the other preacher was well, not so much of a great preacher, great, not, not so much of a great speaker, so uh, you feel like you, you feel nothing uh, when you hear uh, the, per- the preacher's preaching? Well, what about Apostle Paul? When it comes to Apostle Paul, you might think that, oh yeah, he is the apostle of, apostle of apostles, and he must be the greatest preacher of all time. But just be ready to be surprised, because that is not real Paul. You can think of because I'm going to show you who the real Paul is really like. So let me show, uh, let me show you the Second Corinthians chapter ten, verse ten. It says, For they say his letters are weighty and strong, but his personal presence is unimpressive and his speech contemptible. What does that mean? For his letters and weighty and his letters are weighty and strong. Now the apostle Paul was writing a lot of letters to the churches, right? So that we can see that uh, uh, the apostle Paul's letter, even until now. It's almost like the half of the New Testament. Very strong and persuasive. It's a very uh, weighty. It's a really good uh, information, but not just information. It's a very powerful because it is the Word of God. But His personal presence and is unimpressive. What does that mean? The Paul, Apostle Paul's personal presence was not impressive at all, and his speech contemptible. His speech was not impressive. Wow! This is, isn't this shocking. Apostle Paul, according to this verse, he was not so good speaker. Wow! Doesn't that shock you? Because even I was shocked when I until I saw. Uh, until I read this passage, because I thought the Apostle Paul would be like a uh, almost a near perfect person. Because before uh, he was converted to Christianity, you know he was a persecutor of a church, so we know that he was really bad guy to Christians. However, after he became a Christian, he became one of the most energetic and most dedicated apostle of apostles, and he wrote so many scriptures, and he was passionate until he died, and he was so dedicated to the kingdom of God, and then he. And charged in the second 2 Timothy 4, 2 to Timothy that in season, out of season, keep on preaching. So he was really focusing on preaching as well so that we can easily assume or suspect that he would be a really great preacher. However, we can see f- clearly from this passage that he was not so much of an impressive preacher. I'm sure that there were a lot of apostles or a, po- a lot of leaders around him, and I'm sure that some of them must be very articulate, very skilled in their preaching and their speaking ministry. Ministry. So people would be divided, just like we saw in the first chapter, uh, the first chapter of First Corinthians, that some people were divided in the church. That you know, I belong to Peter, I belong, I belong to Paul, I belong to Paulos, so I even belong to. Christ. So that could be a preference based on the, their preference for the speaking style. I love Peter because he preaches with humor and, and Apostle Paul. I'm not so not sure he is not a really good you know, preacher, but he has something else much better than other, any other people. But at least in terms of preaching, he was not the best preacher of all time. Probably he could be a worse, a mediocre, or maybe even worse than mediocre, according to this text. But not just his uh, uh, the uh, speech problem, but also he had a physical weakness as well. In 2 Corinthians twelve seven, it says, "So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn." Was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. So, what does that really mean? That he said he had a thorn in his flesh. It means that he had a physical weakness and he prayed at least the three times according to scripture. But God said, my grace is sufficient for you. So God was basically saying, do not ask me for healing for your sickness anymore because it is enough for you that you I have given you so much of a grace to you and then you can keep uh, being humble before me because, through that sickness. But in a human perspective, that was not really a good combination. He was not a good speaker. He had a physical weakness and you know not not many people were, you know, uh, respect him in terms of a human standard. So if you were Paul, how would you feel? You know, you're know, you not a good speaker it, even in your your speaking is your main job and uh, you're physically weak as well so that you have a limitation the hindrance because if your body is not a you know not in a full condition so you might think like uh, you know I'm probably the worst of worst and I'm not really worthy to be called an apostle and that's exactly how Paul said but we know right now you know Paul is dead however his impact is still great because he is still teaching uh, us through God's word that was written through Apostle Paul. So no matter what uh, ac- accusations you might have against him or uh, or no matter what limitations he had at his time, God used him in an amazing way. but let's think about in the information perspective, if Apostle Paul was a great preacher, he could have said, you know, there are so many people who are coming to Jesus because of my speech. You know, my preaching is so awesome and it's so powerful, so convincing. That's why people are coming to Jesus. That's why the church are being uh, planted. He could have thought that way if, he, if his preaching was so good, but that was not totally far from reality. Again, Apostle Paul's preaching was not, his preaching style was not so impressive. So there is no addition of no room for human wisdom, human articulation, um, through his speech for people, so that people who came to Jesus through Paul's preaching was not by information of human wisdom, human articulation, but it was totally by something else. and we're going to look at look into that in just a few minutes. It is not by human power. Now imagine the great preacher, of our time, you know, we might think of Billy Graham, of course, as in one of the uh, very clear examples. we we have so many different uh, great preachers of our time. And then uh, lots of people are listening to their YouTube preaching and uh, the radio or podcast. And, you know, I'm grateful for that. Don't get me wrong, because I'm sure that many of them are genuine preachers. They love the Lord and they love the gospel of Christ Jesus. And many people are watching it. And then that's why the gospel is spread out so that more people are listening to the gospel of Christ Jesus. So I give praise God for that. However, if someone says you know I went to so-and-so's crusade and there were 10,000 people gathering together and there are about 5,000 people came forward and they accepted Jesus Christ you know I I want to say praise God again for the Lord's work and I'm sure that there are a genuine believers who through uh, that crusade. However, if some of them are saying, you know, I came to Jesus, I accepted Jesus because the preacher was so great. You know, he was so articulate and he was so funny, and then his message was kind of making sense to me. So I just decided to, you know, follow Jesus. If that's the case, you may be very careful, of course. You know, you like the sermon and you like the preacher and everything, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if it is by the articulation or clever words or clever wisdom, uh, the really nicely put sentence, not the, uh, if if it is just a information by human articulation or wisdom, if that's the only thing that the, that's the foundation for your faith, probably your faith is not genuine. You you must be very careful. We must be careful about that. Because where is really my faith coming from? Is it really because of a great preacher that I listen to on YouTube? Or is it really because of something else? So what is that something else? The Apostle Paul is uh, telling us what should be the real real, uh, the foundation of our faith. Let's go back to today's passage again. 1 Corinthians 2, 4 and 5. As you can see here, your faith would not rest on the wisdom of mankind, but on the power of God. But how? In the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Amen. Of the Spirit and of power. Demonstration. That is that this is the foundation of our faith. Now, look at, remember what the Acts chapter 1:8 says. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. And then it does not end there. It says, "You will be my witnesses." So the power of the Holy Spirit coupled with what? The word, the witness of jesus Christ so that you will be everywhere. So that is the power. That is the demonstration of his spirit and power that Paul is talking about. Now, of course, the, the demonstration of a power does not limit to just the, um, the the word because we can see in Acts chapter 36, you know, Apostle Peter was walking and then there was a layman asking for money. But uh, Paul, Peter said, I don't have any money in my pocket, but I I will give you what I have. In the name of Christ Jesus, walk. Miracle happened. Healing happened. So many great miracles uh, were, were taking place. However, that's not the only demonstration of God's power because even in Matthew 7, there are people who are saying, Lord, Lord, we uh, delivered uh, the people out of the uh, the darkness and then we cast out demons and we healed so many sick and Jesus said, I never knew you, depart from me because you know these people were not obeying Jesus' will. They were just doing it on themselves. So we cannot really say that just because there's a miracle taking place that the faith of people are genuine. No. However, 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 the true, really the demonstration of the power is ultimately the demonstration of God's power saving people from bondage of sin and death. The miracle can be used for that one, but ultimately it is to bring people to Jesus Christ. Again, going back to Acts chapter 1, 8, the power of God was given not to perform miracles in front of people so that we can impress people, so that we can lead people to ourselves, but it is to witness jesus meaning meaning that to experience jesus to see him and to tell about him to the world so that people would see people would hear the gospel of christ jesus so that they can come to know jesus that is the true demonstration of the power of god so that when the holy spirit is really in you then it will be shown as the power. That power is the power of being witness of Jesus Jesus Christ, that you talk about Christ Jesus, but not as an information, but as the demonstration of the Spirit and the power. And some people may reject it, but some people will see the power of God, and they'll be drawn to God's power, not to you, not to your articulation, not to your great presentation, but to the demonstration of God's power, God's spirit, so they will believe in Christ Jesus, who is the power, who is the wisdom of God, so that their faith is a genuine faith, because their faith is not based on, not founded in the human knowledge or information, but it is on based on the demonstration of Jesus's power, the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, think about now. We have so many good Christian resources and information. You know, In the United States, we have 90% of Christian resources in this one country, and then we have numbers of several seminaries, and we have so many Bible scholars who are experts and masters of Greek and Hebrew, and they can write their uh, devotionals, they can do daily devotionals in Greek and Hebrew, and then they can teach, and we can do a, the most accurate interpretation of the Bible because thanks to a such a, a vast number of resources but it doesn't mean that we experience the power of god probably it's even opposite to that you know when it comes to power we're not even touching the surface of what the demonstration of god's power in the holy spirit in 2000 years ago probably their knowledge was not uh, as good as uh, ours right now However, you know, they, many of early churches experienced the demonstration of God's power, God's spirit, so that, you know, they were not really depending on, uh, not everyone, but many of genuine believers, they did not depend on articulation of Peter or Paul or any of those things, but they clearly saw the demonstration of Christ to Jesus because many of them were alive when they, they saw the reason Lord Jesus Christ, that they saw that Jesus died for their sin and that Jesus rose from the dead victoriously, they saw the power of God right there and then many of them received the Holy Spirit in the fir- in the day of Pentecost the 120 people and the later 500 people saw the risen Lord Jesus Christ so we can see the so many places in the Bible the demonstration of God's power and the, uh, the spirit so that their faith was genuine likewise we need what what we need is the demonstration of God's power and the spirit. We don't need another information of human knowledge. We had enough. Imagine that the pulpit, the preacher is preaching, and a good exposition, and then good sermon series, and about 150 people are listening very carefully. But if that pastor is without the demonstration of god's spirit and power the people would be fed with more knowledge more information but without transformation and the church will die spiritually even if they have that many people coming on sunday we have to be very careful so here is the application what should we do first pray for your pastors Pray for teachers so that they can teach with the demonstration of God's power and God's spirit, not to add another information of human knowledge. We can have so many preachers, as I, as I mentioned earlier, in, you know that can fill up the YouTube channels, but if they're lacking the power of God, then it is no use. It's actually uh, leading people far away from the genuine faith. Because they, you know, even in the church, there can be people say, I believe in Jesus, I'm a faithful, you know, Christian, I never skipped uh, Sunday school, I always come to church on Sunday to worship with this uh, congregation and love it. But somehow, they're missing something. Why? Because Not because they know anything, they know a lot, but because they're lacking the power of God. So we need to pray for the preachers so that they can preach in the demonstration of God's power and God's spirit. And then secondly, if you are a sermon searcher, that you always, not just on Sunday, you, are, you, you need something every day, so you're watching YouTube, uh, preaching at least about two hours, three hours, bless your heart. That is so great. Keep on doing that. But this is my encouragement for you. Do not look for great preachers. Of course, you want to listen to good preaching so that your heart, you can start a day really uh, brightly. Um, you want to hear very encouraging words that morning. You want to hear some humor, Christian humor, so that you can feel good about yourself and uh, good about about uh, your work and everything and then you want to hear some encouraging words for your business. You want to hear the pastor preaching to you with the so charming words, encouraging words that you are doing great. You're, God will bless your business and then God will heal your body right now. And of course we want to hear this preaching. And if it's a good articulation, that's even better. It makes sense. And you know that's why the, that church is so, uh, there are so many people are coming to that church. There's a reason why that many people listen to that preacher. You know, that preacher is so good and so young, and uh yeah, so God is really working through that young man. Well, maybe, but maybe not. Do not only look for a great preacher. Sometimes you might need to listen to not so ple- pleasant preacher as well, because again, it's not about how great articulate articulation the preacher is making, it's not about how the Good or great preacher is it is about how good and great our god is if god is great if god can use anybody god can use mediocre or less than mediocre preacher to convince you and to use that message message of foolishness to transform your life forever you never know go to smaller churches don't just listen to mega big, uh, big pastors or superstar pre- preachers in the mega church. Visit small churches. Listen to what the Lord says uh, through that pastor. Nobody knows that pastor's name. The pastor the, doesn't really ha- doesn't even have a YouTube channel. And then nobody may nobody may remember the pastor's name. But if the pastor is genuinely gripped by the Holy Spirit, even though his articulation is not that great. Even though he might make a lot of thousands of grammar mistakes, it's God can use that preaching to change your life. So pray to the Lord and ask the Lord to find someone who is filled with the Holy Spirit who preaches with the demonstration of power and spirit, not with not for the information with the human knowledge. So pray for your preacher and find a faithful preacher of. For God's glory. And if you're a preacher, pray as well. Don't try to become a great or excellent preacher. Jesus would never say in the judgment day, how great preacher you are, or how much information or exposition have you done so far? Did you go through verse by verse? Did you go through chapter by chapter? I don't think God will ask that kind of question. But God will ask this question. Did you demonstrate my power, my spirit in your preaching for my glory? When God says, ask this question to us as preachers, we must be able to say, yes, Lord, even though I'm not a good speaker, but I prayed to you. I always depended on you so that it's not me, but your power, your glory will be revealed so that more people would come to know you, so that more people will have a genuine faith in you. you know, that must be your prayer and my prayer as well. So let's all pray together so that we can truly experience the demonstration of God's power and spirit so that our faith is genuinely grounded in the demonstration of his spirit and power. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, we praise you for giving this message to us. Father, we want to be very careful about where our faith is really founded. Lord, please help us that we will not seek for another information by human articulation or wisdom, but we would love to see the demonstration of your power, of your spirit, Lord. So I pray that our pulpit would be filled with your power, for your glory, for your name, so that more people would have a genuine faith in you. We thank you, praise you. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen. Pastor Sammy Jew's latest publication, Burning Bush, is a spiritual guidebook designed to strengthen faith. It consists of daily meditations and memorization of a selected Bible passage for 119 days. This book, which is part of the first series of 21c Moses devotional, is intended to foster a closer relationship with God by reading and reflecting on selected verses from the Bible over a period of 17 weeks. Its purpose is to provide a deeper understanding of God, our purpose, and how to live a virtuous life through the words of the Bible. Get your copy of the book, Burning Bush Meeting God, today by visiting Amazon.com.